I was listening to a podcast where a mold doctor was being interviewed, and I was very excited to see that this mold doctor said that extreme mold avoidance might be needed for some people. That was very validating, right? We all want to hear that kind of recognition, and that was all fine and good. But that made me realize that there is an often unspoken truth about mold avoidance that all of us mold avoiders know that we've experienced that no one's talking about even on these podcasts. So I, I kind of had these mixed feelings about mold avoidance being mentioned on this podcast because on the one hand, it was it was good to hear it mentioned. But on the other hand, it was mentioned along with other treatments. And I know it's kind of an extreme claim for me to say that mold avoidance shouldn't be mentioned along with other treatments, that it's really special. And it might sound like I'm in a cult or I'm obsessed or I'm getting paid by somebody to say this or whatever. But I'm going to try to make an argument to you that it really should be discussed separately and you can come to your own conclusion. And even if you're an experienced mold avoider, I still think you'll get something out of this podcast. It's a good podcast for beginners and experienced people. So when my wife got pregnant with our first child, I remember we went to our first doctor's appointment and they looked at the baby and did the pulse and the heart rate, all that stuff that doctors do. And I remember being blown away that the doctor told us about all these different changes that were happening in my wife's body all at the same time. I mean, hormone changes and this and that. It was it was like once she started carrying this baby, it was almost like she had a different body. That's the way the doctor described it. Everything was different. Everything was different. I mean, so much so that I had a lot of respect and you know compassion for my wife. If she was like, I need to take a nap or I'm craving this food or whatever, I was like, oh my gosh. After the doctor told me everything was different in your body, I totally get it. I support you in any way possible, right? <clears throat> That's like what mold avoidance does to the body. It causes a binary state change from one state to another. That is an extreme thing, right? And that's what doctors are missing even if they talk about mold avoidance. And it's understandable, right? Because we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to take the right supplements or do the right treatments to get our body to heal. So it's kind of unusual that we just sort of happen upon a treatment, mold avoidance, that creates this immense binary state change because because supplements don't do that treatments don't do that really nothing does that or else if it if it did we would we would be better we would we would recover right we wouldn't need podcasts from doctors anymore if we could find that holy grail of a binary state change that our bodies needed and it it's been bothering me ever since i heard that podcast that they didn't mention this. Of course, they probably don't even know it, right? But I was bothered enough that I wanted to make a podcast episode. And I've had a couple experienced mold avoiders ask me to talk about something else, which ties into this topic. So I'll go into that in a minute. It kind of kills two birds with the same stone in this podcast episode. So the binary state change is that the body has been refusing to detox mold toxins for years or decades because it is not in a good enough environment. So if you somehow manage to get clear enough of mold, clear of your your house, your possessions, your the air belongings, you know, you get clear enough. We have this saying in mold avoidance called adequately clear. Adequately clear of mold. And it's usually a lot more extreme than people realize, right? It's it's 
it's not just like, oh, I moved into a new house down the street. Sometimes it requires more extreme measures, which is why not everyone gets to experience this binary state change. And half the people don't even know about it because it's kind of hard to get to. You kind of have to put in like some unusual effort to reach the level to become adequately clear. But once you do, the body turns on detox and, and this is like a miraculous, really is almost like pregnancy. I've, it's funny that I thought of that analogy because pregnancy is really miraculous, whether you believe in a creator or not. It's like a miraculous thing that like, boom, a human being is now growing. I feel like mold avoidance is, is a similar thing. Maybe not quite as miraculous. I don't want to diminish the miracle of birth and pregnancy, but you guys know what I'm saying. In that, there is a dramatic state change from a state of not detoxing to a state of detoxing. And this is what all the doctors miss, okay? Like when you're shoving handfuls of supplements down your throat and you're doing the sauna and the hyperbaric oxygen. And trust me, I did all the stuff. I spent over a million dollars on treatments. And then I got another millions of dollars, million dollars of treatments for free because I was an alternative health journalist. And everybody said, hey, if you cover my clinic, you can get treated here for free. So I got more treatment than anyone, <clears throat> anyone I know. There's one guy who might have got more treatment than me that I think maybe, but not very many people. And this binary state change did something to my body that that nothing else has ever done. And that's what made all the difference, right? That binary state change went like a light switch just flipped on. And when the body is living in too much mold toxins and is refusing to detox, because that's what Eric Johnson discovered, right? That's the whole premise of what we're talking about here. It, it, you need to go listen to all my old podcasts if you don't know this yet, but that's what Eric Johnson discovered is that the body refuses to detox when it's not in a clear enough location. And if it is not detoxing, it doesn't matter how many supplements, colonics, uh, charcoal, binders, saunas, it doesn't matter because... The body is saying, no, we're not going to do it here. We're not going to detox. And yeah, sure, you might have some toxins come out in your sweat after a sauna. Yeah, sure, whatever. But like the cellular detox, the dumping out of the body isn't going to happen until you achieve this binary state change, which is a product of location. It is a product of location. You're moving your body to a place, which includes location, bedding, clothing, air, housing, all of that stuff that is adequately clear of mold and how clear it needs to be, how adequately clear it depends on the person, how sick they are, maybe some infections they have, some endogenous toxin production that their own co-infections are producing, stuff like that. Once this binary state change is achieved, it's a whole different ballgame. It's like you have a different body. You will respond to supplements differently. You will respond to treatments differently. You will respond to sunlight, food, sleep. It is like you have a new body. It's like probably how my wife felt when she was pregnant. Like everything was different, right? And it's so frustrating that that key point is missed because then mold avoidance just gets lost in the shuffle of like one more thing. Oh, it's just one more thing. Well, no, it really isn't one more thing because all of those other things that you are doing, like supplements and saunas and hyperbaric oxygen, are not creating a binary movement to a new phase or state of being. They are just piling on more demands onto the body, telling the body, do this, do that, please do this, please do that. The body's like, hell no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. And that goes back to another principle that I've talked about a million times, which is that 
mold ends up being a million times more important in most people's recovery than they realized. A million times more important. Like basically, you can just throw everything out and just focus on the mold. And I know you don't believe that yet, and that's okay because you haven't experienced that binary state change. But this is this is one of the reasons that I am mostly going to give up on making podcasts and doing volunteer work in the mold community. And it's it's because almost all of us get to this level of frustration where nobody understands the binary state change and no one's willing to acknowledge it. And really, if you don't acknowledge it and you don't, um, you know, talk about it, then it makes it makes all of the mold avoidance materials and education, kind, it cheapens it to a level that's just very depressing and, and unrealistic. So that's why, and I can't speak for other mold advocates, but that's why me personally, I'm following in the footsteps of a lot of other um, mold advocates that I know who are who have recovered their health and they've kind of moved on and they just don't do any more work in the community anymore because it gets too exhausting to deal with everyone who just thinks that mold avoidance is a incremental change when we all know that it's actually a binary change it it's a binary means on or off zero or one being pregnant or not pregnant it's binary and that's when you become adequately clear of mold by doing you know, you, you, doing extreme mold avoidance is an easy way to, to do it. You know, you might say, oh, well, I just want to move down the street into a new house. And that might be adequately clear. Yeah, but if it isn't adequately clear, now you just lost two years of time and $500,000 on a house and you're not healthy enough to work. So you lost $200,000 in income you could have made, right? So like doing extreme mold avoidance um is kind of like insurance to, to say that, you know, you're going to experience that binary state change, that being adequately clear, you know, no matter what, as long as you don't stay in a really horrible location, you're going to get there, right? And and so a lot of us have decided it was really worth it to do that because we got our health back, we didn't waste a bunch of money, and um, we we then experienced the fruit of this binary state change. We, we experienced how beneficial it is to our health. So all that to say... I am very deeply bothered by the fact that mold avoidance is being talked about by doctors and they're not acknowledging this. Now, I know I'm being super pessimistic. There's a lot of other uh, leaders in the community who would be super thrilled that this guy was talking about mold avoidance in a positive light. And I'm okay with that. I don't want to ruin the party. This is just my own thoughts, right? It's my podcast, so I can say what I want. I find myself repeating that phrase a lot. It's my podcast, so I can say what I want. And ultimately, it's not really being it's not really that I'm being negative on mold avoidance, right? I mean, I'm I'm so positive on mold avoidance, that I don't even want to hear it spoken about unless it's spoken about accurately. Because this is it's it's not let's just be honest here. It's not Eric style mold avoidance. If it's not Eric style mold avoidance, it really is not a good idea to water it down. It's kind of like my friend works at the particle accelerator at Berkeley, right? He's a he's a nuclear scientist. He works at a par- the particle accelerator at Berkeley. And he was telling my son a few years ago how the particle accelerator worked. And he he said, if if these few things are not correct, set correctly, set up correctly on the particle accelerator, then the whole experiment is false. Any results you get doesn't matter. You can, all the lights can light up. You can spend the millions of dollars. You can get the grant money. 
Um, but it doesn't matter because if you don't set this the setup just right to get the thing to work right, then the results don't matter, right? And that's kind of how I think of Eric's style mold avoidance. A lot of people will say that they do Eric's style mold avoidance or adequate mold avoidance, and they're really not. And it might not even be their fault, right? They don't know that they live in a bad location with outdoor mold supertoxins. And so they just think that they, they can stay there and that they're doing mold avoidance. And then when they're not getting better, when their chemical sensitivities aren't going away, when their Lyme disease doesn't go into remission, they're like, it doesn't work, right? So I feel a very strong, listen, as I get moved past my mold avoidance journey, because I do feel like I'm finally moving past it to the point where I can live more of a normal life and do more stuff. Um, I feel like I really only care about one thing. And that is preserving the integrity of people understanding that binary switch, which Eric Johnson discovered. And we sometimes call Eric style mold avoidance. We sometimes call extreme mold avoidance, whatever. But that's all I really care about. You know, I, I, I have this Facebook mold avoidance group. And it's so funny that everybody's still on Facebook because like Facebook just announced their earnings and the stock went down 27%. And there's probably a lot of other places we could discuss this, but everybody just seems to be on Facebook. And I find myself only, I don't care what anyone talks about on the group. All I care about is that we preserve the authenticity of that, of the reality of that binary state change. And by the way, if this podcast is so far too like philosophical for you, I'm going to bring it back to a little bit more of a reality, but this is my angle. This is what I care about. Um, this is, this is the thing for me is, is that, that binary state change, because without that, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I mean, yes, you can get better. You can get better for mold just by moving out of your moldy house into a new apartment or something. I'm not saying you can't benefit from that, but for you, for that person who can get better doing that, that they would be adequately clear, right? They would have got done enough mold avoidance for some of the very sickest people who literally need it the most and who have failed the most treatments or are in the most desperate situation, those are the people that I talk to all day long or hear about or whatever. I'm not a doctor, so I don't give them advice, but these are most of the people that you know I've heard about, right? And so if, if it's an easy case and someone's not very mold toxic and they're able to just recover by moving into a different building, that's great for them. I don't I don't mind that. I don't, I don't think that's bad, but there is this handful of people. And I actually think it's a lot more than anyone realizes. And let's just be honest, guys, the, the mold groups are on Facebook or wherever mold groups, right? Like they're loaded with Lyme disease and mold patients who are super sick. And these people, and I don't mean this is like a minority. This is like the majority, right? Like, why? You guys tell me why these groups are loaded with so many thousands of people who are not getting better if the doctors are so correct, if they have all the answers. So do you see what I'm saying? I think I think that Eric's style mold avoidance really did discover something unique and special and that that we should honor it as that and not treat it as just some other little thing. I, You guys, I have not had Lyme disease or... Bartonella or Babesia symptoms in years. Mold mold avoidance basically put my Lyme disease in remission after nothing else worked. And this isn't new. Everybody with who's done you know extreme mold avoidance knows that this has happened. 
Now, does that mean that I'm totally cured and perfectly healthy? No, but it means that my Lyme disease has transitioned to mold management. Like if I manage my power curve, which is Eric's way of saying how much mold exposure you get, and if I manage, you know, those things, then I stay healthy. So it's it's a deeper layer. The mold was underneath the Lyme disease. And by managing the mold, I no longer really have Lyme disease. I, I mean, I don't. You guys should have seen my my pharmacy of treatments that I used to have to take, right? We all have had the thousands of supplements. I don't take any of that stuff anymore. Nothing. I still do ozone. But I think ozone is honestly more of a mold detox than it is a killing of infections. I've had over 110 passes, so over a 1,000 passes of ozone. And after analyzing it a lot, I don't think you can tell me what it does better than I can say it because I've had more than you have. (laughs) So I know more than anyone on earth about 10-pass ozone, probably, because I've experienced more of it than just about anyone on earth. Um, My ozone doctor in San Diego did more of it than me because she was treating her own health problems, um, but she didn't ever have Lyme disease. So there's not a Lyme disease person probably on earth that has had as much ozone as me. And do I need this much ozone? No, I could probably live without it, but it just makes me feel so good that I keep doing it. But I think it's a mold detox thing more than a, um, a, a Lyme disease thing, because even if I go too long without ozone, I don't get Lyme disease symptoms. I get mold symptoms, right? So the, so Lyme disease is, is covered, is, is underlying with mold. All right. Now we've gone 17 minutes, basically just with philosophy of mold avoidance. I'm going to cover one practical topic that people have asked me to cover. And that is doing treatments in early avoidance treatments, supplements, medicines, whatever. And It's natural for people to want to keep doing treatments because they get out into mold avoidance and they start feeling better. And they're like, oh my gosh, if I just add some supplements to this, it'll be even better, right? Like it's our mentality of wanting more and better, which is, which is normal human behavior. Um, If you're a businessman and your business has a record breaking year, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I want to have an even better year next year, right? That's normal, normal behavior to want to make it better. But oftentimes treatments in mold avoidance doesn't make it better. It makes it worse. Now, why would that be? Well, you have to remember what I said about the state change. We are in a binary state change when we start to do mold avoidance. It's like we have a different body. It's like we're pregnant and all the hormones and everything is different, right? And what a pregnant woman used to want to eat, she might hate now and she might only want Taco Bell or something. I can't remember what it was my wife wanted, but she made me go out and get food that she was craving, right? And she didn't used to crave that before she was pregnant. It was like because she was in a different state of being because she was growing a human inside of her. So there was a, I don't even want to say, but there was a source of information where I heard about some treatments that I should be doing in early mold avoidance And it turned out that most of those treatments actually hurt me or at the very least didn't help me. And it is because my body was trying to detox on its own. And it was quite amazing how much success my body had in detoxing on its own, right? Once that switch is flipped, the body was like, we know what to do. And believe it or not, a lot of supplements that you might be taking early in mold avoidance 
are actually just more substances that your body is burdened by and that you have to detox. Isn't that a paradigm change to think of it that way? All those hundreds of dollars of supplements that you think are so important, um, vitamins, minerals, uh, herbs, your body's like, get that out of here. We need to flush. We're detoxing right now. It would be like, have you guys ever seen those cluttered houses where hoarders keep like their whole lifetime worth of belongings and then the person dies or moves or whatever and they call in a cleanup crew and it takes like truckloads to get all the crap out of the hoarder's house? Hoarder, H-O-A-R-D-E-R, you know what I mean? And that's like what happens to the body when you do mold avoidance. The body's like trying to flush it out. Now, imagine if a construction crew came in and they were like, hey, before we remove all this junk, let's install some new light fixtures or some new carpets. Isn't that just crazy, right? Like, how could you install carpets and light fixtures and paint when it's still loaded to the ceiling with junk? So it is a matter of priority, The body has had enough vitamin D and vitamin C, relatively speaking, compared to not being able to detox for freaking decades. So the body's like, okay, yeah, maybe let's talk about vitamin D or vitamin C or herbs, but let's do it in like three years after we flushed the toilet on all this crap that we've been hoarding for years and years and years. And see, now you're starting to get it, right? Now you can see the bigger picture, right? Like nobody explains it like this because, well, a couple of people do. My mentors explained it like this to me, thank God. But most, you know, medical authorities don't know how to explain it like this because they don't, because they're wrong. And that's why everybody's staying sick. So, so the body is basically saying, um, when you get out of mold, 99.9% of the priority is flushing all the crap out and 0.001% of the priority is taking a supplement or a vitamin or whatever, right? And that's the thing that most people don't realize. That's the thing that most people don't know. And the reason that they don't know it is because they don't understand that mold avoidance causes a binary state change in the body where you have a different body than you did yesterday, When you get adequately clear of mold and that detox switch turns on, maybe for the first time in your whole life, everything is different. Everything is different inside the body. And that's why I get frustrated when (laughs) I hear doctors on podcasts and they treat mold avoidance as kind of like this condiment, right? Like the sub sandwich with turkey and lettuce and tomato is the main dish, but mold avoidance is like the mustard, just like something you sprinkle on. It's not the mustard. It's the sandwich, right? And that doesn't mean that after two or three years of mold avoidance, you're not going to need some support or some new treatments or some ozone or whatever. It doesn't mean that at all. I've benefited from ozone. I've benefited from carrot juice. You guys listened to my other podcast about how I've spent like $10,000 on carrot juice. It's simply that you got to think about this the right way. Sure, once the hoarder's house is empty of all the junk, then it might be a good time to come in and remodel and 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 put some new carpets in and some new light fixtures, whatever, right? And it might not, you might not even need to do that. The mold avoidance alone might be enough, but you got to put the cart before the horse. Is that right? No, the horse before the cart (laughs) and, and do it right. And again, that's why I get super passionate and annoyed when I hear like the first, when I first heard that podcast with the doctor talking about extreme mold avoidance, I had like, this like, I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be excited about this. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, 
why am I not excited about this? And then I realized that this is why, right? And it's sure, it's a good step in the right direction for doctors to be talking about it and whatever. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get mad about it. I think it's great. It's progress, but I still only care about preserving that binary truth, right? That's all Brian Rosner cares about. If you don't want to hear about that, then you should delete my podcast off of your phone right now, because that's all I care about. It's literally all I care about. It's all I want to talk about. Um, and you know, that's because I come from a background of being a Lyme disease journalist where I wrote books on all these other supplements and treatments and protocols that had passionate cult-like followings where nobody ever got better. Um, and so to, to miss the binary aspect of Eric style mold avoidance is to miss everything. Now I want to address one specific aspect of doing treatments while you do mold avoidance. Remember, we already talked about how the body doesn't want treatments. It doesn't want supplements. It doesn't want whatever. Now, what about detox treatments? You're like, okay, Brian, so the body wants to remove all the items from the hoarder's house, right? But um, what about helping it, bringing in a vacuum cleaner or a shovel or whatever, right? Or to, to help move it out. I hate to tell you, but that is just as bad as supplements, as vitamins and adding herbs and stuff. Um, the body has its own way and its own timing of naturally cleansing that once you get adequately clear of mold. Once you get adequately clear of mold and that binary switch is flipped, the body does it on its own and you actually feel better like right away. One of my mentors used to say that if a detox treatment doesn't make you feel better right away, you shouldn't use it. And I was like blown away. I was like, but but all the doctors say that these treatments should make you feel like shit for 49 years. And then you feel good on year 49 and one day. So we've all been brainwashed to think that all these detox treatments and modalities should make us feel like crap for like 24 years. And then we feel better. So when my mentor said, oh, no, these detox modalities should make you feel better right away. I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Nobody's ever said that to me. Well, yeah, because it's because mold avoidance actually heals the body and you actually feel better right away, right? Oh my gosh, what a concept. People still message me and they're like, I'm afraid to do mold avoidance because what about the Herxheimer reactions or the detox reactions? And I'm like, that's so sad. We've been so brainwashed to think that mold avoidance should harm us because every other treatment harms us. Why do all those other treatments harm us? Because they're trying to force the body to detox when it's not ready because the binary switch is turned off. Are you guys getting it now? Are you with me? Are you here? This is kind of the first longer, more passionate podcast I've made in a long time. And I almost thought about deleting this and redoing it because I probably could do it in half the time. But the bottom line is I'm really not that motivated anymore to do this mold avoidance stuff at all. Um, and so this is what you get. If you like it, then great. If you don't, then delete my podcast. I don't care, honestly. I'm just sharing this stuff so that it can benefit some people that are coming after me. Uh, if you want, take it or leave it. So um, no, that's not to say that you can't find detox modalities that could support the body after you start mold avoidance. Like one of my mentors took some cholesteramine when they began mold avoidance. And that was very helpful to them. And they felt better. I did ozone. And that was very help helpful to me. And I felt better. So I'm not saying that there are no detox modalities that can help shovel out the crap from the hoarder's house and help move that process along faster. I'm saying that as a general rule, 
the body does most of the work on its own. You feel better on your own. The natural processes of the body to get rid of it works on its own as long as you stay adequately clear. And that is what matters. And maybe 5 or 10% of the treatments might make you feel a little bit better. Uh, I was told very early in mold avoidance to try certain detox treatments no matter what and just do them, right? And just force myself to do them. And they made me worse. And it's because my it was going against what my body was trying to do. It was going against what my body was trying to do. And so you can experiment with um, treatments that detox treatments, but just remember that that precious state of automatic detox that your body has gone into, that's where the magic happens. And if you can find something to support that, then go for it. But most of the time, if you really are aware of what you're looking for, you'll find that most treatments, supplements, everything like that, even saunas to some degree might make you worse because the body gets into a state or a flow of detox. And okay, I'm going to close on this one note. Oftentimes, you can learn what that feeling feels like. I've talked about this a lot in my other podcast episodes. I've used phrases like intensification is what detox feels like. I've used phrases like that love and feeling. You want to learn what that loving feeling is. All of these phrases describe your ability to sense when you have achieved that binary state change. And it can take a while to figure that out, to figure out what the binary state change feels like. Um, Because you're not used to it, you're still getting inundated with toxins, Um, there's still some infections flaring up early in mold avoidance. There's a lot of reasons why you don't recognize that love and feeling right away, right? And I didn't either. Um, But you will eventually recognize it, and that's like the holy grail of healing, You kind of want to put that above everything else. You want to put that love and feeling above everything else. And that's because, because that's what your body's been missing for these 30 years. You're like, you're like, well, you know, but why shouldn't I put vitamin D above everything else? Or why shouldn't I put, you know, diet above everything else? This is what we always talk about in mold avoidance about how, um, we go by perception, not theory, because in theory, um, eating lettuce might be good for you. But in reality, the thing that might have been keeping us sick for 30 years is this inability to detox. And it's a million times more important than eating lettuce for our particular body. And so once we recognize that, and I still, even to this day, as an experienced mold avoider, you know, who's moving back toward living more of a normal life, I still check myself every few days. Am I in that loving feeling? Do I have that loving feeling? Am I where I need to be? And it's just become second nature now where I do it without even thinking about it. Now, that doesn't mean that I have to be in a tent in the desert anymore. Thankfully, my body is recovered to the point where I can maintain that detox um, without as much trouble. And that's one of the things that my mentor told me earlier on is that one of the goals of mold avoidance is to be able to detox in less good locations, right? I mean, that's ideal. Ideally, we could be able to maintain that loving feeling and detox in less good locations to the point where we can go back and live a normal life and still be detoxing, right? That's the goal. That's the objective. And it's so funny because like all of this wisdom that I got from 
some mentors, a couple in particular, it took me years to learn this stuff, you guys, years. I mean, I was so grateful that my mentors were willing to help me. Um, I couldn't believe it that there were a few experienced mold avoiders that took me under their wing and taught me all this stuff. And what I'm describing in this podcast is literally only 1% of 1% of 1% of what they taught me, right? And so I still see people on the mold groups trying to learn all this stuff on their own without mentors. They don't respect mentors. They don't acknowledge the authority of mentors. They don't recognize that mold avoidance is a mentor-driven pursuit, just like a lot of things in life are a mentor-driven pursuit. Like if you want to become a pilot, you better have a teacher. Like if you go get in the cockpit of a Southwest Airlines jet, you're going to die because you're going to crash the plane unless you have learned how to fly. How do you learn how to fly? Mentors, teachers, instructors, right? That's how mold avoidance works. Now, Eric Johnson learned mold avoidance without any mentors and teachers, but it took him decades, literally decades. Eric started talking about mold avoidance in the 80s, I believe, and the 90s and the 2000s, and he was still having revelations and you know, aha moments 30 years after he started mold avoidance. So if you want to be that person who does it all on your own like Eric and it takes 30 years, then go for it. But mentors greatly accelerate the process. And Eric <laughs> Eric was also trained in the military as a nuclear contamination specialist. I'm probably not saying that right, but he learned how to decontaminate from radiation. So he was able to recognize a lot of these principles that applied to mold avoidance. And so I, I get really, one of the rules in my group, in my little mold avoidance group, which only has 600 members, it's a teeny little group. There's groups with way more members. Um, and I don't really care anyway. I don't, I, it's not like my career is in mold avoidance. You know, I have a new career in something totally different now that's not related to alternative medicine and I'm really enjoying it, but I want to keep one toe dipped in the mold avoidance community because I don't want this information to be lost. I am passionate about preserving what I've learned about Eric style mold avoidance. That's, that's it. But one of the rules I have in my group is that experienced mold avoiders are allowed to say whatever they want in the group, whatever they want, as long as it's like within the boundaries of like being respectful and, you know, no bigotry, no racism, whatever, like normal things like that. But they're allowed to say whatever they want. And if they want to respond with a 25 paragraph response, no one is allowed to say, hey, you know, you're I don't that's too much information. Right. Because Having a mentor who's an experienced mold avoider is so valuable. Um, it's indescribably valuable because a lot of the stuff that I've described, like in this podcast and other podcasts, um, is not stuff you know. It's it's counterintuitive. In fact, the doctors have b basically done everything they can to ruin this information and uh, and brainwash us with a bunch of commercialized medical treatments that are controlled by. I call them the legalized cartels, right? The pharmaceutical industries and regulators and, you know, for-profit medical industry, legalized cartels. And uh, so we're, it's a, we actually don't have enough mentors in mold avoidance. Whatever level of mentoring we have is not enough. 
is not enough. When I was being mentored in mold avoidance by two or three people who were much more experienced than me, who I'll always be grateful for, it was never enough. I could sit there and talk to them all day long and it was never enough because there's so much to learn, right? Like a pilot is never skilled enough. You guys remember that Sully, the guy named Sully who crash landed the airplane in the in the river in New York. What's that called? The Hudson, right? He even said in an interview, he said, I, he, he said he was the perfect guy, perfect guy to crash that plane. He, he had taught airline safety for like 20 years and stuff. I'm a pilot, by the way, me, Brian, personally. And I think Eric Johnson's also a pilot. So I like these stories. But um, Sully said in an interview, I remember, and I don't want to misquote him, but I remember something along the lines of he said, you know what? He said, no one or no, he said, I'm the most prepared out of anyone for this. Like I've taught airline safety. I'm the guy for the job. He said, but still no one is ready for this when the day comes. Because it's like, you know, you have to do everything perfectly. And he did. And everybody survived. It was an amazing, amazing accomplishment. And he saved all the lives of everybody on that airplane. But that's kind of the way that I feel like mold avoidance is. It's There's never enough information because the paradigm change is so massive, right? Like it's such a massive paradigm change that there's really never enough information. Even me, who was, I'm an alternative medicine journalist by training, and I was able to spend, you know, eight hours a day talking to my mentors when I was doing mold avoidance. Um, And I, thankfully, I didn't run out of money because I just could sell, you know, my books and my, my publishing company and stuff while I was doing mold avoidance, um, I still never felt like I had enough mold avoidance information. The learning curve was that steep. And this isn't to intimidate you, right? A lot of people have gotten better with mold avoidance without diving as deep as I did into the whys of it and, you know, how, who, what, how, where, when, why. You don't, you don't necessarily need to be an expert on it to benefit from it. But at a, at a very intellectual level, um, there's a lot to learn about mold avoidance. And you know what's interesting about this? I'll just close on this one note. Um, it's not that mold avoidance is complicated. Most of what the mentors do is just undo programming, right? Like all the stuff we've been taught about how the body works and what Lyme disease is and what chronic fatigue syndrome is and how the supp- what supplements we need. It's so wrong that like 90% of what I had to learn was just to unlearn, unlearn, all the stuff that I had learned. Right. And so, you know, if you're not coming to the table at mold avoidance with a learning attitude, you're going to struggle because it's such a different paradigm than what we've been taught and what we're used to. You really have to come to the table with such a degree of humility Um, and by the way, I am not a humble person. I did not come to the table that way. The only way that I got humbled enough to, to gain that humility with mold avoidance was because, and unfortunately this is going to happen to a lot of you guys or has happened. I got so sick. I got so sick and disabled from Lyme disease, um, from none of the other treatments working and from not doing in not doing adequate mold avoidance when I was living in mold that I had no choice. I was forced to my knees in humility. I was forced to my knees in humility. And even in early mold avoidance, when I was already becoming a mold avoider, I still wanted to think that I knew everything and that I was hot shit and that I was the best, 
right? And I continued to get forced to my knees being wrong about everything and needing to believe mentors because everything I was doing wasn't working until I finally hit a point where I was submitted. I was in submission to mold avoidance. I believed it because I had no choice and because it was obvious that it was it was what it was, right? So I was forced into submission. Now, this is, I'm going to go into a little bit of a personal rant here. This is what frustrates me so much about doing this podcast still or doing, you know, YouTube videos or doing anything in this community is that most people have not reached that point where they have submitted to, you know, the binary aspects of mold avoidance. And I don't blame them. I just got through telling you guys that I didn't submit to it either, right? Like, so who am I to blame them? But it's very exhausting and draining to talk to people who don't believe you yet, right? That's why when I say that my little mold avoidance support group or whatever you want to call it on Facebook is only 600 members, I like it that way. I want to scare away all of the other members who aren't committed to doing mold avoidance. You know, I I don't want them there. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't want them to get helped. There's probably other groups for them. And they can read Eric and Lisa's books on mold avoidance. There's a lot of other resources. But personally, I can't deal with that anymore. It's just too draining. Um, And I just see it over and over and over again. Like, I see it. Like, I talk to so many people that are like, oh, yeah, I'm not really into the Eric style mold avoidance. I'm doing it this way. Right? And then I hear from them like a year later and they're all of a sudden doing extreme mold avoidance. I'm like, oh, what changed your mind? They're like, oh, I just got so sick. I had no choice, right? And that's what happens to most of us. And again, I want you to know, I am not putting myself above anyone else by any means. I was the most stubborn of all of them, right? I was the most stubborn of all of them. Um, so I, I am the worst. I get the worst grade for you know, being humble and learning mold avoidance. All right. Um, if you guys are new to the podcast and you've listened this long, which probably many of you have not, and that's fine. It's a long podcast. Um, go listen to all the older podcast episodes. The, I am, I have now forgotten and moved on from a lot of mold avoidance. And if you want to hear what it was like in the thick of it, really doing hardcore mold avoidance, feeling those, that loving feeling, that intensification feeling, You really should go listen to all my old podcast episodes because that's where you're going to find all the good stuff. And uh, hopefully in another year from now, I will be so consumed with living a normal life that I won't even remember any of this stuff and I won't even be able to to make any more podcast episodes at all. That's that would be great. Right. But I still feel kind of like this burden, this need to share And it's maybe because, you know, I did publish books on Lyme disease for so many years, right? And people are like, you're, you're evil, Brian, you published books on Lyme disease, even though all that stuff didn't work. It's, that's not exactly the way that it was. See, at the time, we didn't know about mold avoidance, or I didn't. And all those stuff in my Lyme disease books was all I had. That was all I had. I really believed in it. I was not scamming people, selling things I didn't believe in. I believed in every single thing I said in those books. I was doing it all myself. Every protocol, every treatment, every supplement I talked about in all my books, I was doing myself and I was hanging my hopes for recovery on all of that stuff. 100% bought in. Everything. Totally bought in. You know, um, 
but it it and it and it did actually you know I I can't say that my whole Lyme disease journey was a failure because a lot of those supplements and treatments did keep me stable. They did allow me to survive a little bit longer. The problem was that my body was on a downhill trajectory toward a train wreck. Eric Johnson said a statement about in his book, uh, Eric on avoidance, he has an analogy of a train that's rushing down a hill, getting faster and faster and faster out of control. And he says, it's not hard to see where that train's going to end up right? Like if you have an out of control train rushing down the hill faster and faster and faster, you can see what's what's going to happen next. <laughs> There's going to be a train wreck, a bad train wreck. And that's the way that I was when I was in all those Lyme disease treatments and stuff. I, was, I wasn't off the tracks yet. I was still on the tracks. I was still, I had not derailed yet. But when I did derail in 2016, 2017, and I had my big mold collapse, um, it was bad. It was bad. I never had chronic fatigue syndrome though. That's another interesting thing about mold is it affects us all so differently. I have videos and podcasts on that too, but for me, it was complete neurological collapse, Alzheimer's, dementia, multiple sclerosis, veins in the side of my neck collapsing and cutting off blood flow to my brain. Um, it was an absolute neurological collapse, which isn't all that surprising really, because my grandma um, died of Alzheimer's disease at age 54. And my uncle died of multiple sclerosis at age like 70. So yeah, mine is a neurological manifestation. And so um, anyway, that's that's the story. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Um, this is not medical advice, not intended for, you know, treatment substitute. It's just my own personal story, my own personal perspective. And I really think that everybody needs to listen to all my podcast episodes and read Eric and Lisa's three books, um, a beginner's guide to mold avoidance back from the edge and Eric on avoidance. Those are the name of the three books. You need to read all those and listen to all my podcast episodes before you ask a lot of questions about mold avoidance. And I know that that's okay if you don't do that because I had questions too. And sometimes your brain doesn't work well enough. But all the stuff has been written down, guys. It, there's, there's, it's all the same thing. Um, it's not different for everybody. The, the, the idea that we're all di- a little bit different is all totally BS, right? Like mine might have manifested as neurological and someone else's might manifest as chronic fatigue and someone else's might manifest as Lyme disease. But the principles of recovery using mold avoidance are all basically the same. This is the same. And the information's all out there for you guys. It's a huge blessing that it's out there. So go use it. All right. Thanks for listening.